Brothers and sisters in Islam, we are in the month of Ramadan, a month of mercy, a month where Allah Jalla wa'ala showers His mercy upon the believers and His believing slaves, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But many of us think that the mercy of Allah Jalla wa'ala is only limited to Ramadan, or limited to Ramadan and Hajj, or certain days, or certain nights. And this is incorrect. Because Allah Jalla wa'ala is Arhamur Rahimin. He is the most merciful subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from his name is Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. The one who is described with the highest level of mercy. And the one who gives mercy to his creation subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the mercy of Allah Jalla wa'ala is vast. And the mercy of Allah Jalla wa'ala is infinite. And the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constant. And today inshaAllah ta'ala, I want to speak about an act of worship that is obligatory upon every single one of us. And an act of worship that every single one of us performs. And an act of worship which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And an act of worship that necessitates the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An act of worship that we all know. But today inshallah ta'ala we can educate ourselves to try and perfect this act of worship. And this act of worship is the key to salah. <coughs> this act of worship is the wudu. Brothers and sisters, we all know about the importance of salah in Islam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said regarding the salah, Al-ahdu alladhi baynana wa baynahum as-salah Faman tarakaha faqad kafar The covenant which distinguishes between us and them is the salah. Us meaning the believers. And them meaning the disbelievers. The covenant which distinguishes between us and them is the salah. Whoever leaves it becomes a disbeliever. When the Prophet saw a man praying in the masjid and his salah was not perfect, the Prophet said, Go back and pray because you haven't prayed. Because this is the greatest act of worship and the most beloved act of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first thing a believer will be questioned about on Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be his salah. But the salah has a key. And if the key is not perfected, and if the key is not accepted, then the salah will not be accepted. 
And the key to the salah is the wudu. The key to the salah is the wudu. So how did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam perform wudu? And what are the virtues of wudu? Because we know the virtues of salah are great in the sight of Allah jalla wa ala. So surely the key to salah should also have great virtues in the sight of Allah jalla wa ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yuhafiz ala al-wudu illa mu'min. No one guards the wudu except for a believer. So it shows the munafiqeen. The hypocrites will not be able to perform wudu correctly. And the hypocrites will not be able to perfect their wudu. Because the only ones that guard the wudu are the believers. What does it mean that they guard the wudu? It means that they perform the wudu to the best of their ability. And they ensure that after performing the wudu, their sins have been forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the virtue of the wudu. He says, تَبْلُغُ الْحِلْيَةُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِ حَيْثُ يَبْلُغُ الْمُؤْمِنِ The beauties and the adornments of the believers, they will reach the parts that have been washed by wudu. So on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, these places will shine and the believers will be known by their places of wudu just like they will be known by their places of salah. And then we find an amazing hadith in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. On the authority of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said there is no believer that does wudu except when he washes his face. Every sin that he has committed with his eyes will fall off with the drops of water or the last drop of water. And when he washes his arms, every sin that he has committed with his hands, they will fall off with the drops of water or the last drop of water. And then when he washes his feet, Every sin that he has committed with his feet, meaning every place he walked to which was haram, they will fall off with the drops of water or the last drop of water. This brother and sister shows us the great virtue of wudu. That wudu expiates the minor sins a person does. As Allah Jalla wa Ala says in the Quran, إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَا يُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَيُدْخِرْكُمْ مُدْخَلًا كَرِيمًا that Allah Jalla wa'ala said, if you stay away from the major sins, from those that Allah Jalla wa'ala has prohibited for you, then your minor sins will be wiped away. And you will be entered into a great abode. And some of the narrations mention that as long as the person stays away from major sins, then this wudu will wipe away all of the minor sins that he has done. Imagine everything that we have looked at, every time we perform wudu, Allah Jalla wa'ala forgives us. Everything haram that we have walked to, Allah Jalla wa'ala forgives us. Everything haram that we have touched, Allah Jalla wa'ala has forgiven this. Because a person performed wudu. And this is why it is the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to perform a fresh wudu for every salah. This is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That he would perform a fresh wudu for every salah. Because he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew the great reward of performing wudu. Even though it is permissible to pray multiple salahs with the same wudu. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would choose to renew his wudu at the beginning of every compulsory prayer sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So how is the wudu of a believer performed? How is the wudu of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performed? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to begin his wudu by saying bismillah. So before we begin our wudu we should say bismillah. And this is seeking the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the wudu. So we say bismillah. And then it is sunnah, it is recommended for a believer to wash his hands three times. 
So before we begin wudu, we should wash our hands from the tip of our fingers until our wrist three times. This is how the wudu of the Prophet began. After washing the hands three times, it is the sunnah of the Prophet to wash the mouth and the nose. And as we find from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd ibn Asim al-Mazini radiyallahu an in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to take water in his right hand and then he used to put the water in his mouth and then straight into his nose. This is how he used to do it sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He used to take the wudu in the water of wudu in his right hand. He used to put the water in his mouth and then his nose. He would gargle out anything in his mouth and he would use his left hand to clean his nose. Then he would put water in his right hand for a second time. He would put it in his mouth and then he would put it in his nose. And then he would wash it, rinse out his mouth and he would use his left hand to clean his nose. And then he would do this a third time, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would put water in his right hand and he would put it in his mouth and then he would put it in his nose. He would do his mouth and his nose with the same handful of water, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in wudu. After washing the mouth and the nose three times in wudu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would wash his face. And his face would begin from the original hairline until the bottom of the chin. And it would be from ear to ear, and it would not include the ears. As you can see, we have hair on the side over here, the sideburns. After this, there is a piece of skin, between this and the ears. This is also part of the face. And many people, they miss this out when they are performing wudu. This has to be washed in the wudu. And the wudu is not valid if this part of the face is left out. So the Prophet used to fill his hands with water. And then he used to wash his entire face. It is mentioned from some of the that if the beard of a person is thick, whereby they cannot see the skin beneath the beard, it is sufficient for him to wipe over the beard like this. However, if the beard is thin and you are able to see the skin through the beard, then you can run your fingers through your beard until you touch your skin. And this is the description of the wudu of the Prophet So the Prophet would wash his face three times. <coughs> After washing his face three times, he would begin with his arm, his right arm. And the boundary of the right arm is from the tip of the fingers until the end of the elbows. So many people, they make a mistake in the wudu. And when they are washing their arms in wudu, they begin from the wrist. And they wash up to the elbows and they come back down to the wrist. The arms, they begin from the tip of the fingers. So a person should wash from the tip of the fingers until the end of the elbows. And he should wash his right arm three times. And after he washes his right arm three times, then he should wash his left arm the same way three times, from the tip of his fingers until the end of his elbows. Once he has completed this, it is sufficient for a person to just wet his hands and then he should wipe over his head. The way that the Prophet wiped over his head is also mentioned in the Hadith of Abdullah. That the Prophet he began with the front of his head. So his hands will be wet, he will begin from the first, from the, from the beginning of his head, from his, from his, from his, from his hairline, from the original hairline and he will go back all the way to his neck and he will not wipe his neck sallallahu alayhi wa until he will come to his neck then he will come back until he came to the same place that he started so the Prophet he will wet his hands in wudu he will begin from, the, from his from his hairline 
and he would go all the way back to his neck and then he would come back. And in other narrations in the Surah it mentioned that the Prophet would take his index finger and he would put his index finger inside his ear and he would put his thumbs behind his ears to clean the back of his ears And this is only performed once. As for the rest of the acts of Wudu, they are performed three <coughs> times. And this part is only performed once. So the Prophet would wet his hands. He would start from the front of his head. He would come all the way to the back, up, up to the neck, and then he would return to the front. And then he would use his index fingers to clean his ears and his arms to clean the back of his ears. As for wiping the neck in wudu, then there is no authentic narration from the Prophet regarding it. So nothing is authentic from the Prophet regarding wiping the neck in wudu. After the Prophet wiped over his head and he cleaned his ears, then he would wash his feet. He would begin with the right foot and he would wash from the tip of his toes until the top of his ankles, including his ankles. And this is how the Prophet would do it. So this would be from the tip of his toes and it would include his ankles. He would wash the right foot three times and then he would wash the left foot three times. After the Prophet completed the wudu, he would make he would say the remembrance for completing the wudu. And this is found in the hadith of Umar in Sahih Muslim. That none of you performs wudu and then perfects his wudu and then he says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharikala wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa rasul. So all of us have to memorize this remembrance after wudu. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharikala wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa rasul. That we bear witness that none had the right to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, him alone he has no partner. And we bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave and his messenger. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said whoever performs wudu and then mentions this remembrance فُتِحَتْ لَهُ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ الثَّمَانِيَةِ All of the eight doors of Jannah will be open for him. And he can enter from whichever door he wants. Just by saying this small remembrance after performing the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Whoever does the wudu of the Prophet and then says this remembrance, all of the doors of Jannah will be open for him. All eight doors of Jannah. And you can choose from whichever door you enter from. This is from the virtues of performing wudu and saying the remembrance for completing the wudu. And there are also other remembrances that some of the scholars have authenticated after wudu. Like Allahumma j'alni min al-tawwabin wa j'alni min al-mutatahirin. And this can also be said after the wudu. When Uthman had also in the Sahihain, when he explained and described the wudu of the Prophet he said after the Prophet completed the wudu, he said, مَنْ تَوَضَّأَ نَحْوَ وُضُوءِ هَذَا ثُمَّ صَلَّ رَكْعَتَيْنِ لَا يُحَدِّثُ فِيهِمَا نَفْسًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ The Prophet ﷺ, when he completed the wudu, he said to his companions, whoever performs this wudu, the way the Prophet ﷺ performed wudu, and then after wudu, he performs two rakat salah. This is something that most of us neglect. And look at the virtue that is mentioned by the Prophet regarding this. Whoever performed wudu the way the Prophet performed wudu, and then he performs two rak'at salah after the wudu, and in this salah he does not distract himself. This is the condition. He does not distract himself, he does not speak to himself. 
about any affair other than the salah. He has full concentration throughout the entire salah. What did the Prophet All of the previous sins will be forgiven. All of the previous sins will be forgiven. Which means this wudu of the Prophet the reward that it brings a believer, we cannot imagine. And the ulama, they have mentioned that the reward for wudu is not as great as the reward for salah. So Allah Jalla wa'ala is preparing us for the salah by forgiving our sins. And then when we perform the salah, Allah Jalla wa'ala forgives us further. And Allah Jalla wa'ala increases our rank and makes us beloved to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala because we are conversing with Him directly subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the wudu of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is the wudu that we should all try and guard. And the ulama say, the preferred way to perform wudu is this way. Where we perform, where we wash the face and the arms and the feet three times. It is permissible to wash them twice as the Prophet also did. And it is also permissible to wash them once as the Prophet also did. And it is permissible to wash some of them three times and some of them twice and some of them once as the Prophet also did. But he only washed <coughs> the head once. But the scholars mentioned that we should try and guard the three times. And they said if we guard this, it will show that we are careful in guiding the sunnah of the Prophet <coughs> And then even when we perform salah, we will try and guide the sunnah of the Prophet in salah. So as we find, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is arhamur rahimin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He has not just placed mercy in Ramadan, but Allah jalla wa ala has placed mercy in every action that we do. Allah jalla wa ala has placed mercy in the wudu that we perform. Allah Jalla wa'ala cleans us and He cleans our sin from the wudu that we perform. All of the haram that we see and that we touch and that we walk to, this can all be forgiven by the wudu. And then Allah Jalla wa'ala forgives us even more when we perform the salah. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, one salah until the next salah is an expiation for everything that takes place between these two salahs with the condition that the person stays away from major sins. And this is why the believer is required to continuously ask Allah Jalla wa'ala to forgive his major sins. Because if Allah Jalla wa'ala forgives his major sins, then his good deeds will expiate all of his minor sins. And this way he will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with no sins. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa nisa'ali muslimin astaghfiruh innamu huwa al-qafur The Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a rahmah, is a mercy for the believers. And we are now in this blessed month of Ramadan, a month that Allah Jalla wa ala chose for the believers to fast. And this is the only month that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to fast for the entire month sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this month is a mercy for the believers. Sometimes we find that maybe the day is going past and we are feeling very hungry or tired and exhausted or extremely thirsty. And we find that sometimes this act of ibadah may be a punishment to us because we struggle to complete it. But we have to remind ourselves that there is nothing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for his slaves except that it is a mercy for them. 
And this is why the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, even when a believer is hurt by a thorn, by a thorn, he is hurt by a thorn. It is an expiation for his sin. So there is never a hardship that a believer would go through except that it will expiate his sins and it will raise his rank in front of Allah subhanahu wa taala. And the fast, when we see this, we see that we are more careful with regards to sinning in this month. This is already a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the fact that we have in our minds and our hearts that we try our best not to sin. We try our best to control our tongues, to control our actions, to control our desires. We try our best to recite the Quran, to come to the masjid and to stand in Qiyamul Layl, to pray our salawat in jama'ah. This is all a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And something about the fast that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned. It's mentioned in the Sahihain that the Prophet sallallahu Whoever fasts a day in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu wajhahu khalifa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will distance his face from the fire a distance of 70 years. Is this regarding the obligatory fast or the voluntary fast? This is regarding the voluntary fast. If a person was to fast a voluntary fast for the sake of Allah Jalla wa'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will distance his face from the fire of Jahannam by 70 years. Imagine fasting an obligatory fast. Because we find in the Hadith al-Qudsi that the most beloved deeds to Allah Jalla wa'ala are the obligatory deeds. And after a believer performed the obligatory deeds, then he performs the voluntary deeds to make himself closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we are thirsty or we are hungry or we are tired throughout the day and we are fasting, just remind ourselves that our face is going to be distanced inshallah ta'ala from the fire of Jahannam. We would give up, we would give up every luxury in this life to distance ourselves from the fire of Jahannam if we had seen Jahannam. If any of us could even had even felt the slightest heat from the heat of Jahannam, we would give up every luxury we had in this life. But we know that just giving up food and drink and our desires, just for the daytime, for an entire month, is going to do this for us and even more. Doesn't this give the believer the love for fasting? Doesn't it make him want to fast and be happy that he is hungry and that he is struggling and sometimes even suffering? Because he knows that this will distance his face from the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, we find in this month that we were just speaking about last week how Ramadan is about to come. And subhanAllah, we, are, we have already approached the fifth fast of Ramadan. We have stood for five nights in Taraweeh. And this, this is the fifth day of Ramadan and the days are going by. We ask ourselves now, every single one of us, we set targets before we entered this month. Have we reached these targets? We said we were going to recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have we recited a sufficient portion from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We said we were going to read some tafsir and understand some of the words of Allah jalla wa ala. Have we fulfilled our targets in this? We said we were not going to backbite. We were not going to slander. We were not going to swear. We were not going to lie. Have we fulfilled our promises? Have we met our objectives? If not, then it is not too late. Because Allah jalla wa ala's mercy is vast. And the doors of Jannah are open. And the shayateen have been shackled, making it easier for us to perform good deeds. Let us not waste this Ramadan. Even if we have wasted the previous days and nights. Let us not waste this Ramadan. 
Let us put our head down from now. No matter what happens, you read a certain portion from the Quran every day. No matter what happens, you will stand for a portion of the night every day. No matter what happens, we will not backbite and slander and lie and do things that can spoil our fast. We will not harm and insult anyone. These are things that we can promise ourselves from now and strive. And every day, evaluate your day. Before you go to sleep, evaluate your day. And this is why Umar ibn Khattab used to tell the believers, he said, حَاسِبُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ قَبْلَ أَنْ تُحَاسِبُوا Hold yourselves to account before you are held to account by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we hold ourselves to account at the end of every day, did I read enough Quran today? Did I do good deeds? Do I think my good deeds were accepted? Did I make dua to Allah to accept my good deeds? Did I do anything haram today? Have I made tawbah? Have I asked Allah Jalla wa to forgive me for that which I did which was haram? And then if we, if we evaluate our day every day like this, it means we'll wake up in the next day without any sin. Because we would have asked Allah Jalla wa for forgiveness. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said in the Sahih, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِاللَّيْلِ لِيَتُوبَ مُسِيءُ النَّهَارِ وَيَبْسُطُ يَدَهُ بِالنَّهَارِ لِيَتُوبَ مُسِيءَ اللَّيْلِ That Allah Jalla wa'ala, He extends His hand out in the day. Allah Jalla wa'ala extends His hand out in the day so He can forgive those who sin in the night. And Allah Jalla wa'ala extends His hand out in the night so He can forgive those who sin in the day. So never despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we evaluate our deeds and our sins by the end of the day and we seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we are sincere in this forgiveness, there is no doubt that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives. There is no doubt whatsoever. Because He has promised this subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not break His promise ever subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if Allah has promised us that He will forgive us, then what are we waiting for? We may have wasted the first few days of Ramadan. We can seek forgiveness for this now. And we can be strong and firm for the rest of Ramadan, evaluating day by day if we have done good or not. Ask Allah to accept our deeds and ask Allah to overlook our sins. And by the end of Ramadan, we should be from those believers who are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who are beloved to Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love us. To make us from the Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to enter the highest Jannah and to allow us to enter this Jannah without punishment and trial. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to distance us from the fire of Jahannam so we never feel any heat from the fire of Jahannam. We ask Allah to protect us in this life and to protect us in our graves and to protect us in the hereafter. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give victory to the Muslims all over the world and to unite the Muslims as one body and to allow us to overcome our enemies. وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اقيم الصلاه